So the advice love others seems uh, like great advice and seems to be obvious and time-honored wisdom. And yet, uh, it could be worth clarifying exactly what we mean when we say love others. Because if we simply say, you know, I love everybody or you should love everybody and we don't know exactly what we mean and how this is true, such a statement would be true, then we're probably just stoking our vanity. And I'm the kind of person that loves everybody or at least says that he or she does. And that makes me better. That's the way I'm superior to you who don't who doesn't love everybody. I only don't love the people who say I don't love anybody. Something like that, right? Akin to the person who's on the way to the peace rally or meeting and is honking at everybody and giving them the finger because they're in the way. I'm late to the peace meeting, right? Uh, so we don't want that. We want to clarify precisely what we say. And then hopefully we can uh, maintain a given view without it contributing to our vanity. Because if I understand exactly what I'm saying and and I understand exactly how it's true and I really sincerely see clearly that something is so well then it's just so I see how I need to breathe and to eat and to drink water or some kind of liquid so it's probably not stoking my vanity to do the bare minimum of that maybe special food special water uh, pure oxygen excuse me you know you breathe normal oxygen I breathe uh, pure oxygen every day, at least for a little bit. So that makes me special. But just to breathe, probably not, because I understand how it's true and obvious. All right, so we want to uh, uh, hopefully attain that kind of clarity. So here, as it concerns the question of, of loving other people, uh, the, the immediate, immediately apparent problem is that, uh, uh, is that we don't have direct access to what we call other people, right? I know... Uh, or at least the statement that seems correct to say is that I know that I exist and, and, and I do my thing and I feel uh, my physiological and psychological pains and, and pleasures and I pursue my desires and, and uh, with varying degrees of uh, uh, cognizance of what I'm doing because right? it's not necessary to, to have all that much uh, cognizance of uh, oneself or one's objectives to pursue them. We see extremely complicated schemes that are done in the dark, to so say, meaning uh, just like the animals don't know uh, and insects, uh, they're not exactly aware of their long-term plans. Hey, squirrel, why are you burying the acorn? Oh, it's, it's so that I can dig it up in a few months. It's just uh, what we call impulse or instinct, and it's the same thing apparently by us. We can engage in super complicated schemes, but we don't know why. We might give a stock answer. Right, but uh, it doesn't mean that that's the r- reason why. Just like people that, uh, there's there's famous experiments that people are hypnotized, they were hypnotized, and then told, for example, when I clap, you go open the window. And then they were unhypnotized, and the, the person there, the experimenter clapped, and the person went to, for example, open the window. Not necessarily that specifically, or close the window, whatever it was. Right? And then uh, the person was asked, why did you do it? And, and, of course, an answer was given. It got too hot, it got too cold. Right, <laughs> but obviously that that was not uh, uh, the the reason. Almost certainly because it was done on command in light of uh, of what was said. But then I don't want to feel foolish for doing something unconsciously and, and, and impulsively. So I'll think up a reason. So it's the same thing. I do what I do, but then I think up a reason. I'm working so hard because uh, I, I want to retire right on the beach because that's what I, I was taught to, to say. Really, that's that's probably not the reason, and I really probably cannot 
am incapable of putting a, a motive that far off in the future could be potentially 40 uh, or so, 50, is, depends, right? Many, many decades in the future, uh, uh, we see there's no way I'm going to put that motive in front of myself now on this cold uh, wintry morning to get up and go to work because in 50 years or whatever, many, many decades, I want to be on the beach uh, sipping on a drink and enjoying the sun. No way, right? So that's just what I say. I do what I do because that's that's how that's a different discussion. But basically, it's it's my nature. It's a necessary movement, uh, uh, natural movement, just like with the rest of life. But anyhow, so uh, that's a separate point. However, we do what we do, right? And, and what in which way then do other people uh, come into the picture? So the obvious thing to say here is that. We encounter different bodies, right? We encounter different pictures. Uh, 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 if we can see, or if we can only touch, if we're blind, then we can feel people and, and things like that. Feel their face, right? Like Ellen Keller, the the, the disabled uh, activist for the visually, and uh, what is it, uh, um, hearing disabled? Used to do apparently. So we can do that, but we basically we uh, perceive another uh, form physical form in some or another way, and then we form a, a notion of the person in question. So, for example, perhaps the most important person in our life, for example, our significant other, at one point was just a, a, a picture that flashed by us. Nowadays, it could be on a screen, on a dating app, or it could be in person, somebody that we see at the store, uh, uh, somebody that we see driving by us, uh, uh, and then uh, one day we bump into them, whatever the case might be. It's just a picture. Now, obviously, this is uh, uh, the, perhaps the most important person in our life, right? Our child uh, at first is just an image, and just a little, tiny little baby body. And yet, eventually, the notion of, of our child, if, if we have one or, or many, grows in us, and, and then that's a, a whole different story. The same thing with friends, the same thing with relatives, the same thing with, with anybody and everybody that we know, including people that are no longer around, right? We read about a personality that lived uh, perhaps millennia ago, and we can form a notion uh, of this person probably subsidized a lot by our own kind of um, imagination and fantasies, but also uh, uh, based on, on what we've read and what we've heard and, and, and things like that, right? And uh, consequently, this person can be much more alive to us than is, uh, let's say, a, a person that's physically alive. Maybe we even live with somebody who have a roommate, we don't really know our roommate. We don't care about our roommate. And this person that lived thousands of years ago, right? We read about a, a Roman emperor, right? We read the historical accounts. We read uh, uh, the, it'll be his here journal, right? And, um, and, and consequently, we feel that I, I'm way more connected to this notion that goes by a certain name of somebody who, again, who lived thousands of years ago than to my roommate and so forth and so on. So basically, uh, the idea seems to be that I exist for myself, and then other individuals come into my, um, excuse me, come into my awareness. They they come to me. These notions form in my mind. And the question is, how exactly am I supposed to love people? What am I loving? Am I to love the physical appearances, and the the pictures? Well, then why don't I just love a picture in a book? I mean, we can, but probably in a different way, in an aesthetical way, right? It's a beautiful painting. I love the Mona Lisa, but not, hopefully, in the way that. I love a, a, a real life a living person that means something to me. Am I supposed to love that? Am I supposed to love my own concept of a person? Uh, and and uh, kind of, which is probably, again, uh, heavily, uh, g generally speaking, gen uh, heavily rooted in fantasy because, of course, even, uh, never mind a person that lived thousands of years ago, a person that lives today, 
uh, uh, or should we say, never mind the president, whatever it is, but any any person at all from the past or, or from the present, we have to really take steps to understand uh, who we're dealing with because we tend to substitute uh, our own uh, particular self, our own mind, our own maturity, our own development uh, in place of the, the given person. And we see them in terms of our own self. Right, somebody that's let's say not not exactly the the sharpest cookie in the box or in the the crayon in the box, whatever is liable to see everybody like that. Because if I have a, a shortage of intelligence, how can I attribute intelligence to somebody else? I don't even know what that means. Right, I have a shortage of emotional uh, intelligence and sensitivity. How can I attribute emotions to other people? I don't understand uh, what what what, the, what that's about. Right. Conversely, if I'm intelligent, it's, it may be very hard for me to understand the, the levels of different cognitive levels that people have. I'm very emotionally sensitive. It might be very hard for me to understand somebody that's stone cold and all of that. So we tend to substitute our own self um, or particular self for, for other people. Uh, and, and, and I, I'm worried about this. I have a conflict about this. So you must as well. You like I like this. You must as well. You don't like this. You must not as well. Uh, we tend to do that, and it's a lot, a lot of work to, to do anything other than that. First of all, uh, we have to develop ourselves because we can't, as a matter of principle, understand uh, uh, somebody that's significantly more advanced than us. Again, little kid, I can't really understand an adult because I haven't been an adult. But if I'm an adult, I can try to think back to when I was a little kid, and with a lot of sympathy and patience, I can try to reconstruct the uh, approximate experience uh, of that might be had uh, in connection with uh, the notion of a little kid. Right? I uh, uh, am uh, ignorant in some or another area. I can't understand what it's like to not be ignorant of it, right? But uh, naturally, but I can maybe think, okay, what am I uh, uh, capable uh, of? What am I competent in? Let me now, uh, again, play around, really focus and try to understand what the, this person's experience is like, right? How do I understand what it's like to be... Uh, a star NBA player uh, if I'm not one. Right? Very, very hard. But maybe I'm an excellent computer programmer. Maybe I'm, I'm really first rate at that. So I think about kind of what went into becoming a great computer programmer and then I try to uh, add some physicality to it, some other things and attributes uh, to it and then maybe I might have some idea uh, of, of what it, it takes to, to be a star NBA player and so forth and so on. But all this takes effort. If I don't exert the effort, I simply see uh, each person in terms of myself, for better or for worse, and and, and likewise morally so. Right, so I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm a very nice person. Uh, I'm I'm not uh, too selfish or so I think. Uh, I care about others to, at least to some extent. I think everybody's like that. I don't understand the mentality of a of a sociopath or of a psychopath. Conversely, or so called. Conversely, uh, I'm more so sociopathic. I don't care about anybody. I think nobody does either, right? I'm a liar. Everybody's a liar. I'm very selfish. Everybody's selfish. So we we have to take pains to to avoid that. But anyhow, so even if we've taken those pains, so we formed the notion of somebody else in our mind, which uh, again, with a lot of effort, might be more so on point than not. Uh, but what do we? What's there to love? Oh, it's it's interesting. Okay, it's kind of like a, a painting or a, or a f- some other figment of our uh, perception or imagination. What, what does it mean? I have to love, right? So. Excuse me. So uh, here, um, uh, uh, a key insight might be that uh, I have to, uh, in order to love anybody else, I have to gain some deeper insight onto myself. So I see if I examine myself, think about my own self, that I do have all of the things 
that were mentioned. I do have all these attributes and aspects and more. I have a, a personality. I have a psychology. I have a, a, a way, a, a, a kind of a, a general way how I feel physically. I feel tired or not tired uh, often. I feel uh, comfortable in my body or not comfortable. All these things I have, but I also have <laughs> myself, right? I also have the, the, the me, the I, that uh, uh, I can recall as having been present in connection with uh, uh, the, the rest of me as it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, if I can remember what, I was, what it was like to be a kid. Also, it was me, right? It was me, uh, fundamentally. Uh, some, some people would say, no, it wasn't you, but would say, no, it's me. It's me then, it's me now. It'll, it'll be me l- later if I uh, have the merit to continue to live, right? Uh, hopefully, it'll be me. So consequently, I see I can't be reduced to any particular contingency of mine because uh, then it wouldn't be me. Something changes slightly about me and I'm completely changed, right? I get a haircut, it's not me at all. But it is me. It's, I can feel totally different. I, I can, even from, from hour to hour, right? I, I uh, do my hair, I do my makeup if I or, or put on my suit or dress or whatever and I feel a totally different person but it's still I that feels that way. So we see there is an I, there's a self. So the idea would then be that if... I can uh, uh, recognize the, the reality of myself, uh, right? And I can then see that self in others as recognized, or excuse me, as indicated by other forms and other psychologies and other uh, uh, minds and, and other stages of development than my own. Then the, the, uh, uh, a feeling or, or state or whatever you want to call it that naturally ensues is one such that we call it love. Now we say, but why, or, or uh, prove it, right? So here we're referring, as opposed to just sentences, we're referring to direct experience. There is a, a consistent uh, experience that arises uh, upon such occasions, and we can call it, uh, use a, a word such as love to refer to it. We can also use the word shmav to refer to it, or gajav, or bajav, or, or x, or y, or z. It's irrelevant, we're, we're trying to uh, discern real experience as opposed to simply, again, verbal uh, r- realities. So that would be the idea. Uh, I, I can uh, see, uh, again, myself, so my genuine self, not the one that, again, uh, I was a baby, now I'm five years old, 50 years old, 100. But my real self, if I can see it indicated by other people, by what I call other people, by what otherwise are just figments of my imagination or perceptions, I should feel a, a, a sense of love towards uh, them. But also, it doesn't necessarily answer the whole question because, uh, or give the whole picture, because we could say, so what, or what's, what's, what's really the idea? So, again, here would be, uh, uh, we'd have to make a, the distinction between uh, indulging in vanity and, and kind of senseless, uh, uh, kind of uh, bluster, if that's the right word. And something genuine. So what does that mean? So we see that, to make a, the, uh, the point quick, we see, for example, some people suffer from multiple personality disorder. And we see what appears to us to be the same person. And yet, uh, hour to hour it could be, or multiple times in a day, whatever the given case might be, it seems to be a totally different person with a totally different personality, potentially a totally different set of memories that uh, and the person doesn't even acknowledge who he or she uh, was, or the identity that was had prior. I have no idea who Mary is. I'm Jane. I have no idea who Bob is. I'm Bill, right? Totally different person, and yet in connection with the same body. So if we're going to stick to the superficial, right, to the kind of self-serving 
statements. I love everybody. It's all love, right? Then we have to figure out how we're gonna, uh, what we're gonna love here. Which of the personalities are we gonna love? This is just to give an example. Obviously, not that that's the point. This one particular uh, disorder, but w- w- which of the personalities are we gonna love, right? If we love something so arbitrary, uh, uh, which are, are we gonna love? So you say somebody changes. Are we gonna love a, a one-year-old more, or or a three-year-old more, or a six-year-old, right? Which which one? Oh no, I don't love my my child now. When he or she is 10 years old, I loved them last year when they were nine years old, right? Before this haircut, I loved them. Not now. We see, in fact, that, that when we're in an unconscious state of nature, that's frequently what occurs. I can see, uh, <laughs> I see myself and somebody with a given haircut. They get a haircut. I don't love you anymore. Eh, you're, not, uh, you're not appealing. You're not interesting to me anymore. Uh, you changed your haircut. You changed your clothing. So these kinds of things. So this is just the childish stuff. Right, this is the love of a child, if anything, just animal affections. Right, we see uh, something like an albatross, uh, uh, a bird uh, that uh, appears to really love and care for its young, and yet when the baby bird falls out, the ba- out of the nest, it, it could be screaming, it could be yelling to so say, squeaking loud, help me, help me, if we were, if we were to read into it, anthropomorphize it, and yet the parent albatross doesn't do a thing, just stands there, right, because it's not its uh, instinct to, to use that word. To, to then feed it. As soon as it crawls back into the nest, it feeds it. And, and then it looks like love, but it's not love. It's just animal, uh, kind of uh, uh, animal impulses to so say. We see uh, in, in, uh, in the folk ways of um, kind of uh, people that have not necessarily risen or peoples that have not necessarily risen to the heights of civilization. Also, right, the impression is, oh, so much love. And yet something is triggered. For example, somebody falls out of a boat and touches water. Could be my brother, could be my, my sister, could be my father, could be my children, right? And yet, if that's my folk way, that once you're in the water, it means there's a hex on you, I might push you down and drown you. I was just your, your, your uh, loving mother or father a moment ago. Now I'm trying to drown you, right? That, n- now there's uh, uh, somebody said, and this is a story that uh, 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 a shaman or whatever came to, uh, a, a try to to a, to a family and, and said, uh, I don't know why you're you you still have your uh, daughter. She uh, some kind of arbitrary thing. Her teeth uh, she toothed the wrong way. Something before the pregnancy happened. Uh, maybe the wrong food was eaten. Something this, but basically she's hexed, right? What what are you still doing here? So just like that, family takes the uh, takes the girl, puts uh, takes her out to the woods, leaves her there, right, for her to die. So that's the thing when when we live in an unconscious state of nature, shared with the rest of life. It's not love; it's just animal uh, affections and, and and impulses and such. And obviously, that's not consigned to um, to them, right? To, to those people, it's consigned to us. I love you, I love you, I love you until you do one one thing behind my back. Nasty, ugly divorce, if not worse than that. All right, I love my children so much until they, they don't uh, pander to my vanity anymore. Forget you. Uh, you're not getting a dime out of my inheritance, right? Because you went behind my back. So it's not consigned to, to anybody but us. It's always us and ourselves. So that's the idea. That's just superficial stuff, right? I'm loving one of the multiple personalities. I'm loving in the superficial way. So the, the deeper theme uh, idea would be that if I, uh, again, take a critical look at myself, I see that I have a real self. I, I do exist. It, and not only that, but I seem to stand in some relation to, excuse me, something that, uh, or a reality, uh, an existence which is not consigned to my present narrow selfish little bit of of uh, of experienced self meaning 
I see, we, going back to the earlier point, uh, or among the first points, that I'm all of existence from my own point of view. I exist. I don't need anybody else to exist. Right now, at the snap of fingers, everybody in the world could vanish, goodness forbid, and yet I would still be here, right? Because I'm all of existence. I'm, I'm, I'm basically, I'm what I am. I'm good the way I am as it concerns being all of existence. So uh, that uh, fact is coexist with the fact that I experience myself in a very narrow way, right? I want to uh, expand myself. That's what drives my, my actions. I want to uh, unify my personality. I want to feel whole. I want to feel adequate and complete. I want all these things. I want to uh, transcend myself. I want to strive for the infinite. And yet, I'm stuck where I am, uh, usually. <laughs> and I try to stimulate myself. I try to do some, some alcohol, some drugs, some TV, some gambling, some hobbies, some entertainment. But then I'm back to, to being me, being stuck with, with my own petty self. So we see, I seem to stand in a relation to something that uh, transcends my present self. We want to uh, get a little bit po poetical, using words loosely. Just in a, in a, again, in a kind of a poetical way, can say that I'm finite. I stand in some kind of relation to the infinite, and I want to transcend my finiteness. I want to strive toward the infinite, and yet it's very difficult to do. So we would postulate then that my true good lies in really, truly uh, taking a step toward the infinite. Again, speaking very loosely and poetically, taking a step toward the infinite and escaping from my own selfishness and my own uh, constricted animal personality and selfhood. All right, so I would say that's my true good, meaning that's what I really truly want. That's a true satisfaction of my nature. And we see that that self of mine doesn't have a limit. The second I put a circumference around what I am fundamentally and what I can be, that's when I play myself, right? If I say I have to be, I'm a five-year-old, I have to always be a five-year-old. Never change. That's a big problem, right? We see uh, cases of uh, extreme psychological uh, uh, regression under stress uh, when even maybe an adult, uh, a functioning adult, begins to suck on, on, on his or her thumb, begins to try to lie in a cradle, something this, because it's too much to, to handle the world. That's not a good thing, right? It's obviously not healthy, right? I say that fundamentally, absolutely, I am um, an individual that, that likes uh, this and that, or I don't like this and that, and, and that's it. This is what defines me most of all, right? That I like or don't like chocolate or vanilla ice cream. This is the defining factor. Well, then I've, I've, I've played myself, right? Because if that's all that I am, if I can, if, that, if that's really, truly me, which is obviously not realistic, but let's just say, then how can I ever really move towards the infinite? How can I ever really transcend myself? I can't. I'm stuck. That's why we see how... how uh, pernicious and damaging different psychological conflicts are, right? I'm the kind of person that's traumatized. I'm the kind of person that has a pathology, that has a, a, a conflict, a, a complex, a fear, an insecurity, and this is me. And I see I can go on like this for decades and decades my whole life. I never change. I never escape myself, and I end life uh, in, in wretchedness and misery. So we see that what I really want to do is I want to uh, uh, transcend myself, not escape myself, as in drink myself into unconsciousness, but I want to transcend myself in a genuine way by developing my mind, by developing my understandings, my real wisdom, uh, and all these kinds of things. Right? And, and that's my true good. So it would postulate that, again, being that I don't have a circumference in truth uh, uh, to myself. I can keep growing myself to, in a genuine way, just to, to again, express uh, ourselves in that way. Uh, it would seem that... My truest uh, uh, self, to so say, includes uh, a a any and all other persons, right? Ultimately, if I was to perfect myself, I would feel unified 
with you, whoever you are, even if you live a very long way from me in the past, in the future, I'd feel unified with you. I'd feel one to so say with you. Uh, retaining my individuality, retaining my uh, unique point of maturity, but also uh, uh, feeling uh, uh, unified with you. So consequently, if I can uh, grant that that's also the case from your own point of view, not just mine, then perhaps uh, I can also, I can have what we would could then classify as genuine love uh, and genuine consideration uh, uh, for you because I understand that ultimately uh, I, I cannot limit myself to what I currently am of course now I'm very different from you I want this you want that I have my own pain and pleasure and you have your own but ultimately if I were to become a successful human being and, and were to expand uh, uh, my uh, my self sense my sense of self then I probably wouldn't see myself as so alienated from you, right? And I want to move in that direction. I don't want to stay locked into me. So consequently, excuse me, um, I look to serve you. I look to help you. I look to treat you as a, as myself, basically, uh, based on the, the given contingent circumstances and considerations, but in essence, in, in principle, the gist of it. So that's another perspective here to take as it concerns uh, uh, real love for, for individuals that's not just childish or animalistic or superficial or vain. And uh, we can hopefully think about it and, and, uh, and do it. Thank you for listening.